I'm Stephen Crafty and this is Talking Design. It's a fortnightly podcast on all things design from architecture, fashion, decorative arts, jewellery, you name it. And I'm here with a very fascinating man uh, called Piero Gisvaldi. And on, on the way to this interview, I was thinking, how do I describe Piero? He's an architect. He studied at RMIT many years ago, um, then went into fashion. He does furniture, interiors. He literally does everything in the design world and a very modest man. And so I almost think of him as a renaissance man where he literally covers everything. And what's so interesting about Piero, he lets you discover his work by chance. And it's always when I discover his work, I get so excited and I say, Piero, why didn't you tell me about this? And he often says, oh, I knew you'd arrive eventually. So welcome, Piero Gisvaldi. Um, and for those who remember Masons from the 80s, 90s, and even the 70s, Piero was the name behind Masons, which was the name in fashion in, the, in that time. And he had a chain of boutiques importing uh, leading fashion designers. So, Piero, where do we start on someone like you? Well, thank you first for this. Uh, how do I live up to this sort of uh, credibility? Um, where do we start? We start with fashion, I suppose. Yeah, well, I think 70s. maybe, hmm. Piero, why did you not continue with architecture? Uh, way too slow, uh, not glamorous enough, um, and I wanted instant gratification for whatever it was that I was doing. So fashion was a... Uh, a way to uh, to get that instant gratification. Obviously, uh, you know the glamour side was there, and uh, the, uh, the 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 gratification factor came from the fact that it was so fast, and you know you you, you got instant uh, feedback from you know for what you were doing, rather than waiting for somebody to give you uh, a building or a house to do and wait two or three years to see it realised. So. Hmm. People who don't know a lot about fashion in the seventies, or who are um, it wasn't their period. Piero bought in a lot of the labels. He started bringing in a lot of the labels. And I remember you telling me that you that uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier signed, you signed the first order for his... On his kitchen table. On his kitchen yeah, table in his Paris. Table, his little apartment in Paris, yes. Mm. Tell me about it. Well, what's there to say? We, uh, at that time, we had lots of connections in Europe. Uh, Europe basically more in uh, Florence. Um, uh, we had people that we worked with very closely uh, who would be scouting out people that were up and coming, up little laneways that were doing wonderful little things and uh, not all of them, of course, were going to be, you know, the big stars of fashion as a Jean-Paul Gaultier or Claude Montanar and... Terry and, Mugler. Uh, Terry Mugler, yes, of course, all those. There's so many of them. Um, so, uh, 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 Gaultier was one of these people. He, he was, you know, one of those, uh, let's go and have a look at this guy. He's doing some great things. At the time in Paris, stuff 70. was awfully made. No, no, it was um, late 70s, coming into early 80s. Um, and uh, he was just starting out. He was ex-Pierre Cardin um, and um, was doing his little thing in Paris. And, of course, the... Manufacturing in Paris is not, you know, not exactly the same sort of thing as the Italian makers. So it was pretty, pretty basic stuff. But you know, we persevered, and a couple of years later, of course, the Italians got hold of him, and the rest is history. Because uh, you know, he uh, he just took over the whole 
He was the enfant terrible, however you pronounce that. So you also worked with a, a woman called Judy Diamond. Judy Diamond, in yes. In the 80s. Yes. She was a fashion designer and, That's and your right-hand person. Yes, correct. And mm. what was it about Mason's that people feel nostalgic about? What was it, do you think? It was just simply the fact that we uh, we took that extra step, but we didn't. We weren't... Um, totally avant-garde so to speak that we you know we were out there completely out there we still contain within that fashion box if you wish uh but high not high fashion but fashion that was just a cut above everything else that was around and it was cutting edge to the point where it, it was something that would be eventually come into mainstream two or three years four years later down the track so if you were at all fashion conscious or you, 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 you understood a little bit about that a put together ensemble of, of clothing, it wasn't so much the label, for some people it was, yeah. of course, you buy labels as some people do, but uh, for a lot of people, and that's what I liked about the fact that they would come in, you were one of them. I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you were one of them. That, that that would come in and, and, and just enjoy the fact that there was something refreshingly new. There. I think the new is something that comes to mind, but also the the interiors were quite special. Yes. I still remember in Burke Street, uh, top of Burke Street, you yeah. had a shop, and yeah. you you did this installation with the chandelier. Yeah. Yeah, the it was chandelier. quite off the wall. And that was with uh, a young boy called Nicholas Register, uh, who now is um, Mark Newsom's right-hand man, can oh, you amazing. believe? So, you know, he's done really well. But we did some crazy, crazy windows. And I would often, uh, uh, you know, cooperate with, with uh, young people like like Nicholas Register and others that, you know, had this amazing talent, but it was just... So, Piero, you got out of fashion or you left fashion early 90s? Early 90s. Um, so that was a long career in fashion. Why? 30, 30 odd years. Why? Um, because I, I got distracted with uh, a restaurant called Rosati. <laughs> Flinders Lane in Melbourne. <laughs> Flinders Lane, yes. At that time, I'd um, one of my clients, Ronnie D'Astasio, who's an infamous name now, uh, D'Astasio's restaurant. Uh, Cafe. Cafe, Cafe D'Astasio, yes. Uh, we became fairly, you know, uh, buddies, I suppose, and we always talked about opening something up at some stage, and and we did. And uh, this this thing called Rosati. It was quite <laughs> quite new for Melbourne. It was based on an Italian railway station. Uh, it was. Uh, I mean, that was probably my little spin on it. But you know, you have to make things up because people keep asking you where where the, where the ideas came from. But yes, it was yeah. based on all that, all those. The, the travels, your experiences, all those things that, you know, would come to mind when you're actually designing something. And, 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 and if somebody asks you to, to describe what it's from, it, 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 something would come into your head and say, well, I, you know, I spent so many bloody hours at the railway station in Milan, so all that coming and going and all that, you know, that sort of bustle and hustle sort of reminded me a bit of that. But it probably had nothing to do with it whatsoever, you know. The name Rosati, however, was um, taken from a cafe in Rome. Uh, been there for millions of years, and the, the reason I loved it so much was that it was the 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 place where the Dolce Vita during the famous uh, Rome 
renaissance of you know filming and uh, you know it was the center of film at the time and of course you know you would see Sofia Loren and Marcello Mastriani on their scooters running by they would all go to Rosati and I would just stand there behind the bushes and stare at all this and think one day I'm gonna have a place called Rosati. It's interesting here I look at a lot of your work and a lot of it uh, comes from a lot of it is influenced or inspired by the 1930s. Yes, very much. Rosati's was influenced mm. by the 1930s mm. with all those beautiful hand laid tiles your father mm. laid. Mm. Your own your own home and office. Yes, yes, yes. Is has a very strong Italian 1930s feel. What is it about that period that attracts you? It was the beginning of modernism, as you know. You know the history of architecture. Yeah. You've been around it long enough sure to know. Have. Um, and and it was the um, it was that uh, amazing time when people uh, introduced this you know stripping off of all that you know decoration decoration and all that frou frou all those add-ons that weren't needed and 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 laid everything bare and it was naked and it was machine like and it was all those uh, in, in fact it's it you know often wonder how we we really haven't progressed very much from that time of course you know new materials and uh, have, have enabled the architects to do wonderful weird things you know but um that uh, uh freedom of space that they they created during during the 30s i just don't know whether we've actually gone, any, know, further. gone any further the other thing i would say <laughs> is your interiors are fairly monochromatic yes uh you use mainly you know blacks and greys with yes. a splash of red yes <laughs> signature um what is it about color that disturbs you Piero? disturbs me um it probably it, it, that's a good question because it does pigeonhole people you know it's often when you think of getting a car for instance you want to buy a car and you think i love that color blue or that you know that english green or wh yeah. whatever you know the red ferrari you know See, I could never have a red Ferrari. Oh, yes, a red Ferrari, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> red. You like red. I love red. Yes. Uh, well, it, it's been said, and I read it somewhere, so it's not my line, but red is as powerful as black, or can be as mm. powerful as black, and I, I totally go with that. I, I, I totally believe that. Uh, whereas the other colours seem to uh, uh, dilute that, that power. Does the, that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. other thing I was, mm. I was interested in, you, you design a lot of interiors now, mm. a lot of houses, mm. uh, furniture, mm. you have a homewares business. Yes, World Weave. World Weave. Yeah. You do the lot. Is How do you kind of categorize, how do you, you know, put them in, in boxes and how do you kind of function on a day-to-day -day basis you know, with so many? They, they, they all sort of filter into each other anyway, right? So the, the homewares hopefully eventually if I don't get too old <laughs> and too slow uh, but it would and there's no, this is nothing new of course a lot of people are doing it all over the world but it would be good to put you know all this in some sort of um, emporium I suppose and not my emporium but you know your own emporium and 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 it's a lifestyle thing you know to, to be able to you know present to the public um, a, a series of things that you like, that you like to be surrounded with, that I'm sure other like-minded people yeah. will will also want to have. Hmm. Looking um, from this 
this time. Do you look back? And it at, will happen. <laughs> Piero, do you look back on fashion and you think we're going through a, a fairly conservative time, or do you think there's a bit of a, a rebirth in fashion? Yeah, How do you see it, or is it something you don't think about? Please don't. Um, I'd hate to fall into that. Remember the good old days, yeah. you know. That that's just such a, a cop out. I think mm. you know. But, but but again, like the thirties, with you know that refreshing start of architecture, where that you know these people just completely you know the, the, just 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 threw out all these norms and whatever. That was what was happening back in my day. The early eighties, in the early well, no, early, late seventies, early eighties. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and 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 so you know the Armanias of the world, uh, de, you know, uh, deconstructed the suit. So you know, so, so so it wasn't all the padding and and everything that's been you know that happened before. So and all of a sudden there was this softness about this thing, and it was, and that's his he's doing. Um, and Jean Paul Gaultier just he just revisited everything that was there before but just repackaged and that's basically what we do we repackage yeah. but he took out all the you know all the trimmings and you know Piero how do you tend to work how do you tend to approach design I remember speaking to you some time ago and you you said you're a, you're a fanatical researcher you research everything but how do you work on a I'm when just you the when biggest you, sponge in the world I absorb you, and absorb and absorb <laughs> absorb everything so eventually it, it it sort of subliminally sits in your you know your little head there somewhere and 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 comes out and it always never comes out when you really need it to yeah. <laughs> so when you're actually designing something or you want to design something whether it's a couch or something um it it evolves over you know over a certain period of time and then that particular little subliminal thought that Come you on. had probably comes out and then you have to introduce that the other thing into your design when you're thinking commercially timing is everything now whether it's a piece of furniture a light or even you know a certain label such as louis ferrow yeah when you imported louis yeah. ferrow at a certain yeah. time at mason's yeah, yeah. it didn't work yeah. for you no 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 I mean, for no. people who don't understand uh, and, and <laughs> I, that was just a commercial thing too you got to remember that um uh you you, you you have a, a an outlet called Masons, or you you know call it one two three, call it whatever you want, whoever does it. So my take on it was that you know I want to particularly go to certain labels because they they you know they projected for me what what was going on. But there were other people like you, Louis Froze, and people that were doing great things out there, and other people selling it. And I thought, well, they're making money out of this. Why aren't I making money? So I go and buy it as well. But it doesn't work for me. Because your why. customers were looking my, for something more. My clients more. were, yeah. Hey, listen, you're not Louis Ferrode. I can go and buy that over there. You know, I want to buy a gold here from you or Claude Montana or Armani jeans or whatever it was. You know. So that year was a bit of a flop. A flop. I went into partnership. I've got to tell you this. And I won't mention who you you'll know. <laughs> um, very uh, prominent Melbourne family, and I, and I made the biggest commercial mistake there because you know I started introducing all the things that I was doing at Mason's over to this other place where it should have been more like um, LA LA yes you know all that you know glitz. denim and glitz and stuff like that would have made a fortune would have made a fortune didn't see it 
didn't see it. So, you know, horses for courses, you know, all that sort of stuff. Piero, when you're designing someone's home, mm. can you go outside your aesthetic or yours and say, well, look, it's not my taste, mm. but it's their taste, and I will... Or do you mm. find it difficult doing that? And no, do you say, look, if you don't, no. if you don't want yeah, my yeah. take on things... And that's why I didn't pursue the architectural side then. I'm doing it more now, but I'm doing it more because... We, I've got far more control. I think people should know a little bit about um, your signature because I think it's I've seen a lot of your work. But one example that I came across just by chance, one of those lovely surprises, <laughs> and uh, was called Arthur's, a nightclub just oh, behind goodness, um, yes, yes. Rosati's, yes, and it's in the it's, basement. It's yeah. in the basement, mm. and it's accessed off. Flinders Lane. Uh, Flinders Lane, yeah. And you go from quite a grotty laneway through to this beautiful, yes. it's almost like a Fellini film yeah, set. Red is, padded yeah. columns. Yes, yes, yes. Marble floors. Yes, yes, yes. Gold lacquered yeah, walls yeah, at the back. Gold yeah. leaf walls. Yeah, over the top. It was very over the top, but just... Yeah. But it was put together well. That, and that's what I like about the fact that, you know, you can throw all this stuff in and, you know, it, 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 can't, it, it can work. It can work, and it did. Mm. Has it become a problem with people uh, trying to do too much? I mean, the throwing together things <laughs> requires a certain oh, masterful oh, touch. Absolutely. And I think at the moment mm. uh, there's a lot of people who just mm. try and do too much. Mm. Um, oh, God. So even though it, it is over, it was over the top, it is over the top, <laughs> yeah. it works because it, it is restrained in yes. its own way. Yes, 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 it was. It was. And, and there were different sections, so it wasn't as if you got the lot as soon as you walked in. So you had to, you know, go through certain areas and spaces. So each one of those spaces had its own... So it wasn't like a room within a room within... Yeah. It, it was a space within a space, but it, it actually took through... It takes you through different emotions when you walk through. What do you enjoy most about what you're doing now? Freedom. Is it really? Uh, freedom, yeah. Uh, again, that self-indulgence that I was saying before. So, you know, I'm not tied to, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the ten, 10 projects that you might have on and 10 different clients. Um, and you, you, work you might be lucky enough to have one client to say, who's going to give you carte blanche, really, and an open checkbook? How many times do you see that? Huh? You don't. Very rarely. Very rarely. But but it does mm. happen. So the other, you know, nine clients that you even if you have do have one of those and it might be just your saving grace, the other nine are gonna be an absolute um, so you're nightmare. acting. You're acting in some cases as developer designer. Yes, indeed. A new bar yeah. coming up in yeah. Bly Place. Bly Place off Linders Lane. Yes. Pierre, you tend to take on pretty difficult tasks. Yeah. This is a little substation that yeah. no one wanted in no. Bly Place, no. and you yeah. took that on. Yeah, we bought it off the city council because they, you know, they're selling off all these little substations everywhere. Yeah. They, you know, they're like toilet blocks. You know, they're they're forty, fifty square meters, and you know, they and they're no longer used uh, so the council is just you know getting getting rid of them and 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 we did and we thought we might be able to do something above it but <laughs> we found that it was just full of air conditioning and uh, so you all went sorts down. Of servers there. we we went down try dig a hole in the middle of the city <laughs> <laughs> you did <laughs> we did so that'll be a bar I think it could only be that, you know, rather than a, I'd say it more like a, um, um, a, a wine, a wine bar. Yes, yeah. not you know, not a little yeah. thumpy bar. 
very small but and you 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 actually saw it as a, just a single floor level and uh, you remember when we first walked in and even that ghastly smell of the dead mouse in there was you know pretty pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> <laughs> do remember it and i said keep your eye on this yeah. and you thought oh yeah okay you rolled your eyes and when when is that expected to open piero um well we 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 haven't um um we haven't uh leased it uh out as yet we've got five um shortlisted at the moment um uh, but it'll be complete uh, next week. The front window will will go right. in, and that's it. I'm leaving it as is, and whoever it is that's going to to lease it then can do what they need to yeah. do. Um, but at the moment, it just looks like one of those um, uh, subterranean sort of um, <laughs> um, archaeological yeah. digs. Yeah. If you come down and have a look, yeah. you, you'd be amazed. But every single, <laughs> almost every single building um, practice went into this thing. So if we were building a 10-storey building, we would have had to do exactly the same thing in miniature, in miniature, which makes it 10 times more difficult. So you like taking on difficult tasks, or yeah. you just end up taking yeah, on difficult tasks? Uh, uh, well, I end up doing yeah. that, yes. Yeah. It ends up being <laughs> difficult, but interesting at the end, you know. Mm. Look, thank you so much for coming in, Piero. Mm. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I think um, you're really a very important figure in the design world in Melbourne, and I think people, when they think of fashion in the 70s and 80s and beyond, they yeah. think of Masons very fondly. And yeah. people still, it was something that you had to experience to really remember. That's true. But you have to be at least 45 years old <laughs> and over for, to remember. <laughs> or 50 years old and over, yes. Look, uh, thank you very much, uh, Piero. My pleasure. And my pleasure. Uh, look forward to new developments from you yeah. and and new directions. And, yeah. and there will be. There will and being, be. I think, yeah. just being surprised. Yeah, there will be. And, and, and no more, please, because my ego is killing me. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Piero. Okay, thanks.